Welcome to Sportin' Live. Introducing your host, Ed Draper. Hello, how are you? Welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. Ed Draper with you here once again, sports broadcaster in the UK. It's half term here, so it's a school holiday, which means I have my daughter just over my shoulder as I record this, but Zoe's well. So I'll continue uh, just recording this introduction. But yeah, I hope you well. Thank you for being here. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. And always worth uh, pointing out, it's not just the fine Bang Olufsen equipment that's uh, on display in the beautiful store in Montpellier in the courtyard there here in Cheltenham in the west of England. They also have uh, online services for Serene AV to source whatever suits your budget, and your vision in terms of home entertainment. So worth getting in touch with Jason Briggs and his fine team. Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham online, BO underscore Cheltenham on social media. Also, thank you to Cytoplan, food-based supplement company that we as Drapers have been taking for 20 plus years, particularly their holistic supplements like Foundation Formula and Immune Complete range, which packs everything from vitamin C, D3, up to your uh, your trace elements, which my father, Dr. Mark Draper, who works with Cytoplan, is big on, particularly for him, selenium and zinc. You may say it's selenium. I think a lot of people say that, particularly in the United States. You might say vitamin as well. But we're a big fan of, of Cytoplan's food-based supplements. We've always paid for them, despite my father, who's a doctor and a micronutritionist, Dr. Mark Draper, working with them. So we, uh, we believe in them, and we can offer a discount similar to what we have actually which is uh, 30% off your first purchase 10% thereafter if you go to cytoplan.co.uk if you're looking to optimize your immunity or try their supplements or would like to just give them a go head to cytoplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n.co.uk and at discount enter the code draper10r at checkout sorry enter the discount code draper 10R. So that is uh, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals one zero and the capital letter R. And also wanted to mention a new service we've launched in Cheltenham after my thousands of hours hosting podcast interviews and <clears throat> interviewing sports people for my day job at Sky Sports News and other avenues and outlets I've worked for down the years. It's I'm now going to be interviewing members of the public for Attic Box Audio, which is basically a life story service where I sit down with a member of the public. It doesn't have to be anyone with a dramatic, famous background or anything like that. Everyone has a great story and everyone's families appreciates those stories and just putting it there for posterity to connect future generations. And I've done all our family and, and several people in Cheltenham as well. It's a great experience. It's a high quality audio recording to save for the generations. And also you get a video with, uh, sorry, a transcript book. So all the detail of the conversation written down, just edited slightly to make it readable. As you know, there's a lot of ums and ahs, and especially in my conversation. But it's uh, it's, it's all tidied up with photographs, a beautifully presented, high-quality recording and transcript book in a, in a lovely box. So if you go to atticboxaudio.co.uk, check that out, A-T-T-I-C-B-O-X-A-U-D-I-O.co.uk. 
attic.box.audio.co.uk, attic.box.audio.co.uk. Right onto this podcast. This uh, really made me happy to speak to Ash Loveridge because he's a good guy at the best of times, but he had a difficult time in the early lockdown, made redundant from his job. I think it was a Stroud News and Journal, but from there has rebuilt himself, launched his own online newspaper, Stroud Times. This is, by the way, in, a, in addition to being a commentator and journalist covering Forest Green Rovers, the local football club there. But he's built it online, and now they're going to launch a free physical paper which I think is fantastic because uh, being old school, I just think there's something nice and tactile about holding a paper. They can't do it the way of, of maybe the old days of selling information in newspapers. kind of gone apart from some big national newspapers, the Times, etc., that still sell copy. But he's going to give away free newspaper in the Stroud area in Gloucestershire in the southwest of England, just down the road from where I am in Cheltenham. It's brilliant to speak to him. and glad it's going well. And a big shout out to another guy, Chel- Cheltenham Post, founder co-founder mark kuzner who's got ash to do this as well has inspired him to launch his physical papers here he is the one and only ash loveridge ash loveridge welcome back to the podcast brilliant to see you and brilliant to hear that you you're bringing the 20th century back a physical paper how good is that yeah great great to chat again ed yeah it's um well, Mark Kuzner, who's obviously approached me from uh, the Cheltenham Post, and now we're we're sort of work, working together. He, he loved what we were doing on the Straight Times website, and uh, hmm. got in touch with me a few weeks ago and said, "Do you fancy starting a paper in Stride?" And one of the words that he coined, Ed, was "Back to the Future." So uh, <laughs> it, it is, yeah, we, we're going old school and uh, keeping the website, of course, but going into print. So Stroud Times will be a physical paper. How often will will that come out? It's going to be bi-monthly, which um, somebody asked me what bi-monthly was the other day, but my, my maths isn't very good, but twi- twice a month, Ed, and uh, set to hit the uh, streets of Stride, Nailsworth and Stonehouse on uh, June the 10th. Awesome, awesome. And, and so what? how many are you printing? Because I guess it's a, a financial balance, is it? Because now to fund it, is it a free paper and you, that you yeah. get money from sales? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's going to be a free paper. I think that's an attraction as well. And Hopefully that will uh, stop the punters complaining and saying it's rubbish because I can say, well, <laughs> it's for free. Uh, yeah. There's going to be uh, 10,000 uh, per edition and it's going to be available in uh, supermarkets and then various sort of places around Stroud, Nails of the Stone Ice, you know, places that I hang out. So various, <laughs> fair, <laughs> various, uh, various cafes and uh, Mark Cousin has um, reminded me that I've always got to have a boot of papers in the car. But yeah, the main distribution points will be will be supermarkets and uh, various cafes and pubs, etc., and restaurants. Yeah, I know Mark from being at obviously Cheltenham Town yeah. on match days, and he's, he often drinks at and, and has meals at a place called John Gordon's around the corner. So I always bump into him, and he's done a yeah. great job with it with the Cheltenham Post. Was was that the most convincing thing that he? Just told you the story of that because how long has that been going for? A couple of years. I think now, the Ch- yeah, I think the Cheltenham Post started the, in the first first lockdown, and I can remember when it started, and I thought, what a brave move, really. But yeah. um, I was I was out in Stroud the other week with uh, Mark uh, the other week with Mark, and he was visiting various um, potential advertisers, and I, I just watched him in action, and you know, he he could sell sort of sand sand to the Egyptians. He's He's that good and that impressive and and genuine and passionate and driven. Um, our uh, our paper is going to be slightly different to the Cheltenham Post. It's going to be more of a, I would say, lifestyle coffee table sort of type. Yeah, type Ch- Cheltenham news. Post is quite yeah. hard, hard hitting, isn't it? You get some yeah. 
some big big headlines on there yeah it's very very gritty and that's something that uh i discussed with with mark when we thought about going into partnership i i did say to him that you're, you're not going to find that sort of thing so much in stride and you can find it in stride but you're gonna have to choose to pick up another type of paper we we just i've just gone with this sort of positive ethos yeah. ed and it, it it just it seems to have um struck a chord with the uh the public in stride we're, we're fed up with bad news so we're just trying to go for the community stuff people achieving stuff and uh just keep it in that type of uh, style of news. And yeah, it seems seems to be positive um, and popular. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. It's always that kind of sense of if it bleeds, it leads sort of theory that underpin, yeah. underpins news journalism. But it doesn't have to be that way. And the fact that people are looking for it, I suspect in this world with the, the cost of living crisis, what's happened in Ukraine, lockdowns, et cetera, I think people are more than hung, hungry for some some positive news about humanity, whether it's local or or international international the business model then is is what you have to sell enough papers to cover the print costs and on, enough advertising space yeah, enough the, print, yeah. the print yeah. costs and then obviously try and make a profit as well but i guess the beauty of it is you can tell how many people have read it because you put them in a store and then people pick yeah. them up when they're checking out of uh, the local off license or whatever it is yeah. and, and you know yeah. how you know how many have gone out whereas with digital you have to try and target people and find them, don't you? Whereas with this, it's yeah. right in front. It's right in front of them. That's the beauty of the the physical yeah. world, the old world. Yeah, yeah we're all, we're also going to have home deliveries as well. So we'll, you know, you'll have the classic paper paper boy, paper girl walking around the streets. And I think also what what hit me as well was um, when I bumped into you at the uh, Cheltenham Literature Festival for the. Uh, wonderful Peter Smichael yeah. thing that we, we all sat down and watched. There were people giving out papers that day, wasn't wasn't it? I know it's the, the national papers, but everyone I saw had a paper under their arm, you know. Yeah. And again, that was because it was free as well, wasn't it? So it'll be just nice to see people with a paper again. And I just think there's something about sitting in a cafe and flicking through a newspaper. I think it's sometimes nice to be disconnected from the internet. I think it's actually a positive yeah. thing. I think, you know, it's great to... Yeah read something on your phone but it very, feels very much like a junk food activity whereas i still like the ritual of, of buy a times newspaper yeah. and, and have a coffee and just yeah. relax into that and read read it you know the back pages the front pages the magazines whatever's in there it's a sunday times and actually yeah i i retain a lot of that information more, more than i yeah. do just, just snippets of, of online stuff not that the stroudtimes.com is that kind of thing actually you can peruse no. your your website yeah. but there is something nice about switching off from the rest of the world and immersing yourself in a book or a newspaper yeah, or pick up a metro. I guess you've done that when you yeah. uh, jumped jumped on the train to London and stuff. So, and of course, again, that that's free. So, you know, we're 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 hoping that people will sort of follow that sort of mantra and ethos. Interestingly, as well, Ed, when we uh, went through a, went to see a few customers that I know personally to try and get them to advertise in the newspaper, they actually said they would prefer to advertise in print than they would ever on our website and i thought well in in this modern sort of technical world that we live in it's that mm. that that was quite telling as well you know what, so they why, were, why, why did they say that well maybe i don't know whether or not it's a generational thing because most mm. of these um guys and women that we, we spoke to that ran various businesses in the town were 40 plus so it, it could it could be possibly that but they they, they just um basically said they prefer be seeing their adverts in print than on a screen that's always quickly being flicked over yeah you become... I kind of, I, yeah i get that as well i kind of get that 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 situation well it's always the thing online isn't it it's how you quantify yeah. it because you 
do social media advertising and it says impressions or whatever, but it's all, yeah. it's very hard to, although it's very much data driven, it's very hard to know what someone's thought or whether they've dwelled upon it. <clears throat> yeah. Whereas in a newspaper, you can see it there, can't you? And I think it's that, and it's also unobtrusive. Whereas I think online people mm. often are trying to get, get away from the adverts and read yeah. whatever the story is. Whereas I think in a hard paper, you might actually just flick through. And if you're looking for something, you might be, oh, there's that, yeah. that company does X, Y, or Z. And yeah. I might actually need that in the, in the near future. So then you get, you get in touch with them, but that's, that's really cool that the reception's been, been good. Yes, so, it has. Yeah. And I suppose, yeah, no, I mean, how many paper, how many papers are you going to print? How many total? Uh, well, there'll be 10,000 uh, per, per, per edition. So uh, 20,000 in a month, two editions coming out, out monthly. But yeah, the interesting, going back to the, the website, um, ours, we've definitely championed ours as being unobtrusive in terms of the, the advertising and it doesn't pop up at you and, and annoy you. And uh, yeah, the, on, on that side, still, the advertising's gone really well and we get a hundred thousand monthly page impressions which uh, so my web guy says and i think for something that's only just a year old that's been fantastic so uh, you know hopefully we can still build on the uh, website advertising and they can kind of be sort of perfect bedfellows with with the newspaper as well we've um, we've just in fact signed a really good deal on the website with renishaws who are real big hitters across mm. the county probably a company you're you're familiar with so again that just gives us a little bit more credence and uh, people you know seem to like what we're doing yeah definitely complimentary especially if it's bi-monthly yeah. like say twice a month yeah. because people might think actually i read about this in the hard copy but i need to find an, yeah. update, an updated story then they'll check in online where it's going to be timely and and up to date which is which is really cool so how's this going to impact your your work as a forest green commentator then how does this play into the the picture of, of your time and your energy yeah well yeah absolutely i mean we're, we're de i'm definitely going to be busier now with, with a paper fortunately um mark cousin's colleague nick nicky clark is a is the designer of the pages so it's literally myself and my other colleague matt bigwood funneling copy over to him and he'll be laying oh, cool. it out and then um we'll um so that will take you know that'll free up a little bit of time but yeah football wise um it's going to be another another exciting season i really enjoyed my first full season as a co-commentator for bbc radio gloucestershire i felt i i grew into it after a little bit of a sticky start from by my my own worst critic but yes yeah, um been a really enjoyable experience being a co-commentator wouldn't fancy the big role that billy hunt's got commentating for virtually 90 minutes that that seems <laughs> a real tough gig to me but i think co-commentary is is uh easier and in some ways more interesting because you you can put your point of view across can't you you certainly can and, and radio commentary like you say is a real yeah. skill because you're painting a picture i think tv commentary you have to be very astute in what you say and economical but yeah. i think in radio commentary it's a descriptive thing you bring it bring it to life and have to be a, a real a real wordsmith it's funny that you mentioned the layouts because that was my worst class in journalism school was trying, it? To, trying to lay out papers you put the front page together and you'd have to try and tag where it was going on the back page you know you'd, yeah. you'd get the copy and going and i'd get it all confused and lost where everything was supposed to be so that wasn't my <laughs> asset at all my wife's a graphic designer and she would have been a lot more intuitive about right. that but it, what is what, what a season for a first full season as co-commentator because they got the title then for some reason i thought yeah. for a while they'd been pit by exeter but then i double checked and they'd won it just about yeah they? Oh yeah, it was absolutely. I I, I was slightly overexcited. I, I I try and be. I wouldn't. I, I mean, I think with local radio, you can have that sort of passion and and prove that you're a fan and get excited when a goal goes in. I know that probably slightly mm. different on on national radio. And I also I think the uh, 
listeners quite like that, that you've got a connection with, yeah. with the club. But going back to saying, you know, painting pictures on the radio, one of the things we've got to be mindful of is that we've also got the American fans watching it on iFollow. So oh, okay. uh, it's really difficult because they they take that I follow take our commentary. So um yeah. some some sometimes the people that are watching it on I I follow say we're too descriptive or you know, so you can't you can't win. So you're got two different audiences. Really, oh, so you you are doing yeah. television and radio commentary effectively yeah, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So two two completely different audiences, really, isn't it? In that yeah. respect. Yeah, massively, because if you're a radio listener all you want to know is the kind of the score where the ball is all the detail yeah. whereas a tv commentator you just want a bit of um i guess uh garnish you know the yeah. uh, extra stats and, and things like that and a little bit of information and context to it which is but yeah which is great but you're you're right ed what a fantastic final day like you said you were obviously uh keeping an eye on it i guess you were working that day weren't you i think yeah i think i was actually yeah it was it but it, it's it was a strange season wasn't it because forest green streaked ahead for so long yeah. it seemed like they're going to canter over the line then there was a few hiccups and they, was it six seven games without a win or something like that and yeah then, yeah and then then exeter roared back into it but it's it's great to get that title win i know going up is the main thing to league yeah. one but still it's nice to win it but they didn't get a chance to lift the trophy that day because it was in it was in Exeter, which was um, <laughs> you know I um, I don't want to criticise the sort of EFL, but we were just absolutely gobsmacked. And um, also the the, the uh, they should have the, brought it uh, put, should have stayed in Bristol or something, shouldn't they? And kind you of would have thought way, so, or, wouldn't you? Yeah. Or, or you would have thought there would have been a replica trophy or something. So mm. uh, it was quite interesting because when the players went to celebrate with the fans behind the goal after the two all draw at Mansfield, which obviously secured the title Ebu Adams had a bottle of champagne and he lifted it above his head as if it was the trophy but, yeah it was <laughs> okay. incredible and they they didn't have their medals the 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 champions medals and the runners-up medals were it were at Exeter at St James's Park so wow. it's just a well it's very typical of Forest Green because they're an unusual club and I I think actually Chairman Dale Vince who's obviously very left field and very alternative he actually quite enjoyed the fact that the trophy wasn't there and that they had to pick it up on junction 13 on the way home on the coach <laughs> which which is where the new stadium's going to be built so wow. uh, yeah so the players parted on saturday night in bristol and then ironically when they when they picked the trophy up on sunday after a little small civic reception in stride they they parted at gin and juice in Cheltenham. Did they? <laughs> oh, right. Probably yeah. they're just around the corner from my house. I should have seen them. Yeah, actually. yeah. And, uh, so, uh, and I, I believe a couple of Cheltenham players were there as well. So it was all very uh, convivial, convivial, congenial. So, oh, that's uh, nice. And yeah. El, El Glossico's back next season. Which yeah, we can't, yeah, yeah, we can't wait. Are you going to hope to get to that one or does it depend with your work schedule, I guess? I'm off on Saturday, so I do hope to get to them. Actually, be really cool, but quite cool to come down to to Forest Green actually and see yeah, the yeah, game, game should, from that perspective. Yeah. But it's yeah, um, yeah well, my wife's first. I think it's one of her first ever football games. I took her to the Derby in Madeira once, and she'd been to yeah. various stadium tours. But I think certainly her first Cheltenham Town game, despite she lived here for a long time when she was at university, and then obviously now. But we took her to the Forest Green game. I think 2018. I guess it was League yeah. Two. And there yeah. was, you know, grown men getting thrown out, people getting arrested on the prom at 10 <laughs> in the morning and all this sort of stuff. So it was quite a baptism of fire to, to local yeah, football. But it, but... your, I was going to say, one of your Sky colleagues um, comes to quite a few Forest Green games, I think. I think he's become, I think he's quite eco-minded. David Greedo, sure. David Greedo's into sustainability, yeah. And I think yes. he has, I think he's struck, yes. up, struck up quite a relationship with, with Dale Vince. Who's, and yeah. that, what, what's Dale Vince like now? Because he was very... 
upset about Rob Edwards leaving, wasn't he, to go to Watford? Yeah, D- Dale's one of these people that's very measured, very calm. He didn't get particularly excited when uh, they 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 gained promotion. I, I spotted him on the pitch, and everyone else was sort of dancing around, and he kind of just sort of takes takes it in. But yeah, he did have a little bit of a swipe, didn't he? Uh, mm. The way Wat- Watford dealt with things, and certainly Rob Edwards, um, it has soured things a little bit. Um, Rob was just just absolutely great during his season with us working working in the media with us he was you know it looked like he could become the, the next prime minister he could turn he could turn water into wine could rob edwards and then <laughs> it's just left a little bit of a sour taste but i would think if we put ourselves in rob edwards's position he's been approached to take a relegated take over a club that's just coming down from the premier league he's been advised by his agent and advised by Watford not to say anything to Forest Green. It's a very tricky situation for him, isn't it, really, to know what to do. So uh, he decided to keep Stum and uh, Dale smelt a rat, didn't he? Saw it, saw it all in the me- in the media mm. and the speculation and finally confronted him and he fessed up. But, I mean, he knew when he was celebrating on the pitch at Mansfield that he was off to Watford. So very bizarre situation. I think... What he should have done is definitely come out and put some sort of apology mm. out there or, or put something on social media. So, uh, but I guess he listened to his advisors. I suppose that that is the case. It's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I was talking to Shane Duff, former Cheltenham and Bradford yeah. player, about this because a story broke when I was doing a podcast conversation with him a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying to me because I said, I'm not sure why you'd go to Watford. And I think Jeff Stelling once joked, they have their own manager of the month competition because they literally (laughs) rotate through them. And and then Kike Sanchez Flores comes back in for a stint at some point. Um, But his perspective was, well, you know, you elevate yourself to a championship manager, even if you get fired from that job relatively quickly, if Watford don't prosper in the championship early next season, you then can get a league one job where you're going to be anyway with Forest Green. And, Mm. You know, we all live in a material world where you get a financial payoff, which could secure your family from a club with Watford's yeah. coffers. They've got the parachute money coming from the Premier League. They'll be paying yeah. a big salary. So it's it's yeah. a tricky one. But like I say, I think transparency may have been the, the order of the day because people understand, people talk about loyalty, but I think people understand that sometimes the timing is right for players mm. to either leave after being asked to leave a club or to to go to another club. And, and similarly with, with managers, because it's a very fickle career isn't it so you think when you get those opportunities you always have to jump on those stepping stones as and when they appear yeah absolutely I mean you would think there should be some sort of league league ruling about I mean you know make no mistakes about it it was an illegal approach Forestry Mm. didn't know didn't know about it so I I don't know if there will be any any reprisals I mean you look on the other hand Forest Green did it completely the right way with Notts County and uh, Ian Birchall you know they they sent the message out there, put an official approach in and Notts County and Forest Green are sort of fairly uh, happy bedfellows now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, it's come from Notts County, which is the oldest football club in the world. Yeah. It just shows you that playing non-league and they're going to be non-league again next season, yeah. how, how people's fortunes can can rise and fall in football with promotion and, and relegation. Yeah. But Birchnell's a, a good illustration of how football's changed, hasn't it? That he's come from university yeah. football, worked in Scandinavia, he's a kind of... I guess the uh, protege of Graham Potter or the yeah, you know, yeah. The, the, the mini Graham Potter, whatever way you want to phrase it. But that, it's interesting. That's changed, doesn't it? Because it used to be football that managers rule ex-players. And, and it, but there is a sort of... I guess it's a trend, ex- isn't ex- it? It's, it's an expansion become, yeah. of looking at people, looking at different minds from, from other, other walks of life who weren't necessarily elite level players. Yeah, you also know when you're getting older, don't you? When you realise that all the managers that are running your football club are... are 
a lot younger than you. So he's I mean, 39, is he? Yeah. He's 39. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. He's uh, oh to be 39 again. But no, <laughs> he's um met it met him last week, obviously, at the uh, press press conference. And uh, again, another sort of charming, uh, self-effacing man, big, big on personality, big on being a you know, we we talked, didn't we, off off camera about a new type of manager that's now 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 appearing mm. on the scene and uh you know i use it regularly now the dinosaurs are dinosaur type managers are now dying out aren't they you just can't grab a player around the throat anymore mark cooper once said that to me you can't push a player up against the wall anymore <laughs> so, as, mu- as much you know, as you'd want so, to <laughs> yeah as much as you want to no it's it just but i i don't think that gets the right reaction if i was a professional footballer and the manager was doing that to me that wouldn't make me play any better and I've seen managers like that on the touchline and I've 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 watched players for a screen physically crumble out there because of it Mm. it can have a very short-lived sometimes it can maybe work you up as a rare g up if someone's aggressive with you but I think if it's consistent it just demoralizes you and you probably become disillusioned Steve Cooper was speaking to that actually after Nottingham Forest talking about youthful times I remember 17 when I was 17 when Nottingham Forest got relegated from the Premier League never dreamed it'd be this long but they got back up and Steve Cooper raised them from kind of terrible start at this you know the outset of the season bottom of the table and he was saying that all players need love all people need love and actually that's what he's primarily done at Nottingham Forest to get them promoted to the Premier League so it's a it's a really good point what what are the ambitions for Forest Green in League One this season I would say I mean Dale hasn't Dale Vince hasn't come out this time and said we're going to win the league or anything he normally comes out with all these madcap things is it's it's got to be survival, hasn't it? Really, I mean, I, I'm not mm. sure what how big the step up is from League Two and League One. Better people than me would know that, but you know, the budget's being increased by a million pounds, so you know they're gonna they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to increase the budget. Dale Vince has publicly come out and said we'll be adding a million. So, uh, but for me, it would be survival and probably. As a Forest Green fan as well, let's try and finish above Cheltenham Town. I think that's the yeah that that would that will be the will be the battle. But yeah, sure, it's going to be tough. They've lost Ebu Adams to Cardiff City. Kane Wilson looks like he's possibly League Two Player of the Season. Spoke to Director of Football Richard Hughes this week, and he he was honest in his uh, assumptions that he thinks that it's unlikely Kane Wilson will be a Forest Green player next season. He was absolutely fantastic. We think. Possibly Bristol, Bristol City are going to come in for him. So yeah, it, it, it will be tough. There's Nicky Cadden as well. The other wing back is uh, out of contract, and clubs at the Championship are believed to be looking at him as well. So it, mm. it will be a tough season. But you know, it's a, it's a you you sometimes it may be Rob Edwards jump ship at the right time while his stock was high. So it's going to be uh, a tough baptism for Ian Birchnell. But I think there's a couple of Notts County players that possibly could make the step up. This uh, striker, Kyle Wooten, who's banged in goals for Funf in the National yeah. League. He's he's being linked with Birmingham, Birmingham, Portsmouth and Blackburn at the moment, but he may want to come with his uh, former manager and uh, join Forest Green. He's a very good player, Kyle Wooten, very much in the mould of uh, Jamil Matt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, th- those, yeah. partnership, those partnerships tend to work, don't they? And what about, yeah. da- what about Dale Vince, his, his position at the club? Because you hear murmurs. I don't know whether I've read this somewhere solid oh, or, or whether it was so, social the media. Politics. The yeah, politics. Or, or the, that he's key, yeah, that he won't stay at Forest Green forever. I think there was an ambition wasn't there, of getting into the championship and then perhaps he'd move on. What, how do you assess his, his commitment to the club? He still seems uh, very, very emotionally involved from what we've seen around the Rob Edwards departure. 
Yeah, massively committed to that club. He wants to get that club into the uh, new stadium, doesn't he, at Junction 13 and uh, climb higher and higher. There'd be no reason for him to leave, really. And hopefully now that he's selling Ecotricity as well, which I would say is to probably partly fund Eco Park as well, mm. he's going to have more time and more energy to uh, put, put into the football club because he's, he's a really high-profile um, Football League chairman, isn't he? If you probably ask most fans outside of Forest Green, name a name a, for a chairman in League Two or League One, you'd probably say Dale Vince because he's he's everywhere, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, he is, and we have him on a lot on Sky yeah. Sports. And it's interesting because yeah. he is he's a man of fierce principles, but yeah, a, a, accompanying that is is beneficial to the club, isn't it? In the sense that his profile, I guess, brings in extra interest, and you're now doing the business side of it, of course, with the local newspaper, and you yeah. must understand that the power of profile he must draw businesses to him for for advertising and promotion purely yeah. by that association i'm guessing i don't know if you've witnessed that yeah no absolutely i mean i think dale vince now is more of a more of a global brand than a than, than a local brand we we certainly have to wait our time when it was media day you know so yeah we, we we know our pecking order really so uh but yeah there's there's been talk of him going into politics um and I did think he may stand for Labour in Stroud, but someone mm. else is now standing. I, I think he could possibly stand somewhere else in the country, possibly, because, you know, at a local level, he is a bit of a Marmite character. Mm. You either you either loathe, love him or loathe him, really. So, uh, you know, he's there to be shot at. But, yeah, I'd, I don't actually think he needs to go into politics because he's he's almost got a he's got a voice already. Mm. And, I just can't imagine him doing a local surgery where somebody's popping in about the damp on their walls and things. You know that that sort of um, yeah. that sort of grassroots style of uh, MP, really. So, uh, but it's just a case of uh, watch his space with Dell. He's already revealed the away kit for next season, which um, surprised us all somewhat at, at the uh, manager announcement uh, last week. He revealed it to gave the exclusive to Sky. He had his um, hoodie on, and then he. Under this hoodie, <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly uh, this uh, rather bright pink shirt appeared. So uh, I think he's probably given the uh, Forest Green media team a bit of a headache by announcing it before their official reveal. You, usually, it's the players as well who are wearing it. Not, yeah, not, not the chairman, not, isn't it? That's not a, not, a not the trade. chairman. No, no. So, uh, but is is pink the usual away kit, or is that a different different colour? No, well, they they the home kit's green with mm. black black zebra stripes the away kit predominantly has been a white with black red zebra stripes and they've also got a third kit which is a, a blue sea shepherd which is obviously uh putting out a, a message of sustainability but no so i think the pink kit from from my understanding is going to be a third kit but may also be used as the away kit but i mean the, years ago pink kit pink kit would have been quite revolutionary but it's mm. almost um I wouldn't say it's samey, but there is a lot of pink kit now. Yeah, well, I Stade... think Cardiff, Cardiff. Yeah, played, used, to be, yeah. used to be the French clubs, didn't it? Stade de France, yeah, rugby, yeah. and and uh, and Paris Saint Germain a bit of pink in the, in their clubs. But yeah, it's it's spreading. It's interesting how you feel traditionalist about certain things, though. Like for me, Chelsea yeah. playing the FA Cup final not in blue really disappointed me as a spectacle. Yeah, yeah. You know, red, Liverpool against Chelsea, red against blue. But I think was it Chelsea wearing a yellow kit or something that day, which is supposed to be a kind of I don't know whether it's a commercial move or something like a. Um, some sort of tick they had or an omen they thought they had better luck in it or something like that. But yeah, still, it, I, I remember Coventry uh, when Jimmy Hill was in charge at Coventry 
uh, they had an awful brain. Oh, yeah. It was like yeah. a chocolate kit, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. That, that was back probably early 80s or something. So, And then Arsenal's sort of ravey kit of the uh, 89-90 season. Yeah. Remember that one? So, Ye- yellow and blue yeah. one, yeah. yeah. That actually, uh, now you look at it and it looks quite cool, but I think at the time <laughs> it, uh, it was, it was uh, a bit of a car crash. Well, as a Man United fan, the one thing I like last season was our, our away kicks. It reminded me of the sort of Lee Sharp early 90s kit, that speckled yeah. blue, blue and, and white kind of kit, which is they had a similar one this season. But that, what, was the kit, Ed, what, was, what was the kit Man United had, Ed, where didn't Fergie change it at half time because the players couldn't pick each other out? That was it. The, the, that was the Dell against Southampton, wasn't it? In 95, yeah. 96, I think was the season, maybe. Yeah. And it was. Uh, yeah, it was the grey, the grey sort of yeah. speckle kit. They couldn't apparently the players couldn't identify each other out on the pitch. It was blending into the background of the crowd. So, yeah, I don't know. You haven't seen too many grey kits, interestingly. Maybe that, maybe no. Fergie, maybe Fergie no. was onto something. Hey, I'm, Ash- I'm, ho- I'm hoping, I'm hoping Bristol Rovers do something with their kit ne- next season because with the quarters, you mm. just couldn't see. We we commentated on on the game at the oh, yeah, and you just can't pick the numbers up. Absolutely yeah. horrendous. Some good local matches actually coming up, isn't there, in League One? Ash, how are you, what are you going to how are you going to spend the summer? Are you going to have a bit of time off, or is it full steam ahead with the paper? Well, I mean, the season, yeah, with the paper obviously and the website, but the season's pretty much underway before we know it, isn't it? It's mm. uh, with the World Cup um, yeah. st- starting and everything. I think the uh, the uh, EFL season starts on July the thirtieth, so. I mean, the players are going to be back in next month, and then you yeah. go straight in straight into preseason friendlies. It's- so. I don't league, think we're going to have time to blink, really. Are, are leagues one and two going to be suspended for the World Cup? I should have known this, but are they no. going to? No, they're going to carry no, on no, during the no. World yeah, Cup. Yeah, yeah. So, so it'll be just what Premier League and Championship. Yeah. yeah. So that'd be quite good. Watch a bit of League yeah. One while the World Cup's going on as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Strange times. Strange times, isn't yeah. it? Um, Ash, pleasure to speak to you. I'm really glad. And you, Ed. I'm yeah. really glad that the physical paper's coming out. I think that is a, a positive, and I think. It can be a compliment to the modern digital world as well, particularly when it's free. It's no cost yeah. to the customer and it's easy to pick up when you're out and about and have some time. But yeah, we'll have to get Mark Kuzner to drop a drop a paper through your letterbox or something. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, be ro- he'll be roving yeah. around. Yeah, I'll probably see him. I usually yeah. see him when I'm going for a jog or something. He tries to get me to have a beer and I'm like, oh, God, I'm going for a jog. I was just going to ask you, how's, how's your knee? Well, it's, I had the meniscus operation about three or four weeks ago. I've had the stitches out and I've started rehab. I've had a little bit of aching, but I think actually a lot of it comes from maybe more driving than the actual weights I'm doing for the rehab. So I have to be a little mm. mindful with that and just pace yourself. But I'm hoping that it's going to come back pretty soon. It feels cleaner and clearer inside than it did. So it was sticking before with a bit of cartilage, a bit of meniscus yeah. that's loose. So I think it's on the on the up, but thank you, yeah. And yeah, are you keeping up with all your vitamins as well? Because I know you're, you're try, keen on try that to, with, yeah. with your father, yeah. My, tra- my trace elements and stuff, yeah, trying to take some supplements and, and keep, um, yeah, just basically things like vitamin D3, but also, yeah, I'm taking glucosamine, actually, which is supposed to support yeah. joint joint health and things, which, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. But I, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking for a doctor's doctor's column in uh, stride times. So maybe oh, are you? I'll just speak to your father. So. Well, he's, he's in North Gloucestershire, so he's chipping Camden, uh, okay. but I guess it would still count. I don't know whether it would count as relatively local or not. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I could ask yeah. him, yeah. I'll ask him. He's, yeah, uh, no, because... Because we we kind of have because like I said earlier it is a more of a lifestyle newspaper we've got a a, a woman that uh, is a personal trainer at one of the local gyms in Stroud she's doing me a column so we are, we are kind of looking for that kind of thing really so uh, yeah I give know, him a shake give will, him a shake I know he's I know he's trying to edge towards retirement but we'll see so he yeah. still goes strong Ash pleasure yeah. to have you on 
And you, StroudTimes.com in the meantime, best place to check out your latest publications, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, thanks. Lovely talking to you, Ed. You too, my man. Thank you. Okay. Really enjoyed that uplifting conversation with Ash Loveridge. Really good. It's going so well. An inspiring story, isn't it? I think that rebuilding after a long career at the local newspaper to be made redundant in lockdown to then start your own outlet, to have that fortitude and to build it up to the stage now where he believes he can make a physical copy. And I think people benefit from it. And people are picking up the Cheltenham Post, as he says, Mark Cousner's brainchild in Cheltenham. And they're getting advertising. People are putting their money getting to wanting to promote their local companies there so i think it's a fantastic move wish him the best of luck with that check out uh, the stroudtimes.com in the meantime until that physical one comes out and you can look at that from anywhere in the world that's the beauty of online i suppose now well, thank you to ash thank you to you for listening to the podcast thank you to the sponsors bang olufsen of cheltenham and serene av who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Remember, Serene AV can source you whatever suits your budget, your needs, not just Bang Olufsen's world-renowned, pristine, prestigious uh, equipment. Also uh, worth uh, noting, cytoplan.co.uk. If you're looking to optimize your immunity, appreciate the discount code they offer us. 30% off upfront for their food-based supplements, 10% thereafter, food-based being digested as food would be. So if you go to cytoplan.co.uk, discount code at checkout, is Draper 10R. So the numerals 10, all the capital letters, D-R-A-P-E-R 10 and the capital letter R. And if you're looking maybe to interested in the idea of, of preserving a loved one, an older person's maybe memories and stories, their childhood recollections, their whole kind of details of where they went to school, the magical moments, old boyfriends, girlfriends playing sport for the first time, whatever it might be. We've done that with our family and it's been fantastic through the vehicle of Attic Box Audio. If you check out atticboxaudio.co.uk, particularly if you're in the Cheltenham area, trying to do these in person within a 25-mile radius of Cheltenham here in the west of England. Zoom, of course, is available for longer ones, but just nice to do these in person, tease out those stories and and get, uh, connect that rapport as well. So I'm looking to do more podcasts on that note in, in person. But thank you for listening to the podcast. If you rate it on iTunes or wherever you are, if you enjoy it, that'd be fantastic. Constructive criticism, of course, received well and hopefully uh, used to improve things as well. Appreciate you being here. Thank you for listening and goodbye for now. <laughs>